Welcome back to Strange Reality, the paranormal mystery science podcast. As always, I am Kyle. And I'm Haley. And today, we're going to be talking about something that kind of, ins- what kind of inspired me to do this episode is kind of like the Gabby Petito case. Mm-hmm. How she, oh, kind yeah. of, like her and her boyfriend were pretty big, like avid, like, um, you know, hikers and explorers and things like that. And then, you know, obviously, subsequently, they go missing and then now they're both dead, mm-hmm. presumably. So that's, you know... That kind of, in a morbid way, kind of sparked me to do an episode about the unexplained disappearances in national parks. Mm-hmm. Now, doing research for this topic, I've I've uncovered that there that this is a pretty common issue. Yeah, like disappearances, like like people go missing all the time in national parks. Uh-huh. It's like it's crazy, and some of the theories are like just completely and utterly like. They're either super somewhat plausible or like the, the whole spectrum is like, okay, they, you know, some, he, they got kidnapped to, mm-hmm. they got abducted by aliens. Like, like there's no, yeah. like, there's no in between. It's the complete broad spectrum of what could have happened to them. Uh-huh. Well, most cases, I read that most cases are explainable. Like, you know, that's, they got lost or an animal or I don't know, something happened where it's like, okay, I can see how they went missing. But then you have like these certain amount of cases where it's just like what the fuck happened to this person yeah it's it's really really weird and you would think that because it's been going on almost like since national the national park foundation or national park service was founded Mm -hmm. so the fact that for however many years people are still getting lost pretty consistently and to the point where i'm i'm not so willing to believe the simple fact of they got lost because i mean I, I suppose there there was one story that I read where he did end up finding his way back, but yeah. he veered off the trail a little bit, and mm-hmm. he got lost for a whole year. Holy fuck! Yeah, he got lost for a whole year, and then <laughs> eventually crazy. found his way back, and then like he just went. So th- I I think that I think that the the fact that people are still you know willing to kind of make that leap of oh I'm gonna like you know take the load less, tra- less traveled and like go off and veer off the um. The path it's like mm-hmm. you'd be surprised like he said that he only veered off the trail just like a little bit like just kind of you know just took like a just just took a walk through the woods off the trail and he got lost for a whole year that's crazy weren't you just telling me about like somebody that you know who wanted to go like it was your cousin or your friend or something that wanted to go hiking on like the appalachian trail or something like that yeah so um what was it um i've always liked hiking and especially like here um we're from wisconsin so there's a couple nice hiking spots here but i wanted to kind of venture off and like i think it'd be funny to go from like being like kind of a novice or like hobbyist for hiking to do something that was so off the wall and like so like you know gruesomely difficult and like document it like (laughs) not going not going on this hiking trip as professionals but just like purely like oh we're just gonna go do this with like no prior training or knowledge and just see what happens so yeah a couple friends of mine we talked about doing um if you do so the appalachian mountains trail from uh, maine to georgia like the northern parts of georgia and so there's a trail that goes from like end to end so and, and it's marked the whole way. It's called like the Appalachian Trail. Mm-hmm. And it's a six month long hike. Yeah. 
So I thought that crazy. The idea was that it would be funny if like, say, for example, we started like a GoFundMe or a Kickstarter or maybe like wrote a letter to like the North Face or or, like Columbia Outdoors and had them like sponsor the trip and told like, oh, we're going to document this. I think it'd be like hilarious if we just like with no prior um, expertise, just go out and did it just based on like what we already know. Um, I have not heard a response, <laughs> but I think if I told myself if they were willing to kind of fund the trip, I would I would really, really consider it. We'll see after the research for this podcast. Yeah. I'm thinking, no, thank you. Yeah. So then I kind of, <laughs> yeah, because then the three of us, me and my two other friends, we kind of thought about, um, we kind of researched like kind of people's own experiences doing the six month long hike. Now, what I did read was the world record for the hike. Somebody did it in 41 days. Holy shit. So I think I did like some math and they would have had to have trekked like 50 miles a day. I was just wondering that. Yeah. yeah. So like the, so the six month average span, like it, six months is the average to do it. And that's if you do 12 miles a day on average. Damn. I, which I think that's is still, com- I think it's still doable. Yeah. And, but the, and it's sometimes that 12 miles is like over like steep elevation gain too. Mm-hmm. And I think that what I was reading was it's not so much that like, obviously hiking for that long, you get tired out and whatever else it, people were saying that the part that really starts to weigh on you is when you, is the change in altitude. Oh yeah. I'd believe it. So people were getting altitude sickness and it was really starting to weigh on them. And then they decided to quit. So I think, mm-hmm. Well, you know, when you travel to another state, like a high elevation state, they say it takes you a couple weeks like to adjust. Like it takes your body a while to um, like adjust to the oxygen levels there. Yeah. So if you're not used to that, then yeah, like I imagine it would definitely affect you. Which I've never had. I've never been somewhere where the altitude is that high to get sick from. I think the highest altitude I've really ever been was maybe like 2000 feet above sea level, which mm-hmm. I think like places like, um, like Denver, like in Colorado and stuff, there's just like. Uh, like 10,000 feet or something yeah, like that. Yeah, I've been there before. Yeah, and like, so I've never experienced that much of a elevation gain. I know that like, obviously in a plane, a plane is like, the cabin is pressurized. You are at a high altitude. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you suffer from fatigue when you land. And what I've read was, is that obviously the cabin is pressurized, but it's still like, kind of like, still less oxygen than you're normally breathing. Oh yeah, for sure. So like that kind of adds like why you feel fatigued after, even after like a short flight. Yeah. Um, but then uh, when I was reading more into like kind of the perils of doing not only the Appalachian Trail, but just like the longest trails in general, it was like there's I heard stories like there's cannibals in the woods that um, people get harassed. Like there's just like and now it's not so much like paranormal stuff that like, you know, unexplained things happen yeah. to you. It's just like, it's just weirdos. It's just people that are weird that live in the woods. Yeah. People who just like went off the grid and shit. <laughs> no, like for real. So one guy, um, one guy that I've read, he did it. He's done the trail, I think by himself. And he said like, he said, like, you'll definitely run into like weird shit, but it's not, you know, it's not so widespread where every time you go on the Appalachian trail, you're going to encounter like, you know, like the creepiest of the creepy, you know what I mean? Yeah. So um, he said, like, definitely, if you're going to do it, like, if you're a female, don't ever do it alone. Oh, I mean, no that's, way. That's number one. I mean, most females don't really go that many places alone anyway. Right. I was going to say, I don't even go to, like, the store alone. Yeah. So, like, even even when you, like, leave the studio to go home, like, and I walk you out, I still watch from my window to make sure you get to your car. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, like. You just you always got to be on yeah. guard. Yeah. You never know. So, um, uh. So kind of reading 
that that's also what kind of inspired us to do this episode was like, oh, me having like this urge to go on like such an awesome adventure with your friends. Mm-hmm. We were like, you know, camping out in the woods and like you're kind of like to your own devices and stuff like that. Then I was kind of reading into like kind of the dangers of doing it. And I was like, wow, people go missing all the time. Mm-hmm. And there's just so many different elements that could cause that. Yeah. So um, to kind of get into, there's like a one main I don't know if you want to call it like one main story arc or one mainstream kind of publication that has done this. Um, and of course, it, it's also on the History Channel, which makes so much sense because <laughs> the History Channel is just so known for just doing like the weirdest, like hackiest shit. Aliens. Aliens. I, <laughs> that guy, like that guy is like a meme. And of course, it's funny. But like the, the History Channel in of itself is like. They just love kind of enabling just like the most ridiculous shit. Yeah. Which is why I've like never made like something were that credible, which I'm like, I don't know. See, I feel like they used to be a little more credible like back in the day, but I just feel like after the aliens shit came out, well, just downhill ever since. Well, that and the fact that like um the fact that like it's because they 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 I think they enable so much of like the like Bigfoot, for example, mm-hmm. it's like the they enable so much of like the weird, weird. Like the, I don't think I've I've seen as, as much as I've watched like History Channel and National Geographic and Discovery and things like that. The weirdest people I've seen on those shows are the people the ones that the ones that look for Bigfoot. Oh, absolutely. those are the weirdest people. I'm absolutely, like, I, because none of those guys are married. Yeah, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like virgins. Yeah, <laughs> this is, that's just like the incel hobby. Like it's oh, just a girl sure. looking for Bigfoot. So. Um, I think it's just, you know, as uh, as Joe Rogan put it, he said, I think Bigfoot was just that guy in like a big fat monkey suit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is so true. Because like the way, like if you there's like what's called like the Patterson footage. Mm-hmm. And it's like the old like 60s, 70s, like footage of like a guy or Bigfoot, quote unquote, like walking through the woods. That's like the most like um, widely accepted evidence of Bigfoot. And Joe Rogan did a show where like he was kind of like uh in the woods with those kind of people. Yeah. And he was like, I'm pretty convinced that like, it wasn't even Bigfoot. It was just a guy in a monkey suit. Honestly, that would be fucking hilarious. Because the guy who filmed it actually, like he actually got, I think arrested or something for stealing the very camera. He shot the footage. With. No way. So like he was like a known con man. So he was like, yeah, dude, like I think that, that was just the guy in a monkey suit. He just, cause it was just like a tall, Dude, that just walked normally. He was like, it wasn't animalistic. He right. Was, so. That would be so fucking funny. Find out all along. It was just some fucker, like, pranking everyone. I, I think that, that, that that's probably way more plausible than anything else I've read. So Yeah, right. But to kind of go into the disappearances themselves. So in 2012, a former law enforcement officer, David Politis, published the first of five books, Missing 411, Western U.S. Edition which is the detail of investigation to the disappearances of national parks. Of course, 411 is the code used for information. Hence, missing 411 means missing information. So the, the project supposedly started after a national park ranger approached Politis was shared and shared with him bizarre person's cases that frequently occurred there. Now, this single interaction led to Politis down a fascinating rabbit hole that he still actively investigates. Now, David Politis is a law enforcement officer, but his whole, he has like, it's not, it's like the, the missing 411, like his book is like kind of a show on History Channel now. Mm-hmm. Now, I thought to myself, now why would that be in the History Channel? 
Now, upon further reading, I realized that like uh, David Politis is like he's a big like Bigfoot like. Enthusiast. Oh no! God so, damn it! So I was like, oh, I don't know, man. Like that's that's we're already off to a bad start. Yeah, right. Your credibility sinking. Now, throughout the now five books that he's made, he's made five books of like this missing four one one series. Uh, Politis has identified 28 clusters throughout the United States that are hotspots for missing person cases dating all the way back to as far as the 1800s. Now, some of these clusters include victims with consistently specific ages and genders, but victims of every walk of life from toddlers to the elderly. They're all seemingly disappearing. Now, the Swedish search does not contain those who were easily recovered bodies or bodies that were found in explainable tragic accidents like bears, attacks, animals, things like that. But cases that were particularly unusual in nature. And, of course, because it's the History Channel and you look at some of the theories that people... Because the people that are reading, like, this book series and reading it at, like, with, not as face... Like, taking it as face value, they have come up with all sorts of insane theories as to why mm-hmm. these people are disappearing. Some of them are interesting. And, of course, this is a podcast about, like, the weird and unexplained... But some of them just I I think that because because there's like such this Bigfoot following included with yeah. you know this book series I'm kind of like mm. the moment somebody was like oh I think Bigfoot's kidnapping these people how the, fucking funny would that be it would be funny it would only be funny to me if it instead of it being Bigfoot kidnapping them it was just a guy in a monkey suit <laughs> I think that's funny like oh it's God. funny it, like only if like. He like maybe started a commune in the middle of the woods. Oh my god! And all these people were just like, okay, they were just <laughs> living in the woods. That would be funny. All in but, monkey suits now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Plot twist: It was Bigfoot the whole time. Right. No kidding. So, for example, some of the missing disappear from besides family members in full sunlight hours. So, of course, that's weird. Like you're disappearing from your family just in the middle yeah. of the day, and some are found miles away in locations that should be impossible to reach. Now, recently in August of 2015, a young boy named Gerald Williams went missing, and he and his family were camping in the Kaibab. How would you pronounce that? The Kaibab National Forest. If I mess that up, we're just going to say by the Grand Canyon. Yeah. So despite canines and Air Force helicopters being utilized in his search party, Gerald's body wasn't discovered until five five days later. Now, tragically, the five-year-old reportedly died from exposure, and he was located outside the massive 21-square-mile grid that was thoroughly combed by upwards of 400 volunteers. This suggests that a five-year-old kid apparently walked at least five or ten miles on his own without supervision. Now, that's where kind of like the weird factor comes in, because like, of course, the narrative is that this kid just kind of like... Since he was discovered so far away, like how would he have walked that far? Because uh-huh. five to ten miles for like a five-year-old, right? That's that's eh, impressive, and especially unsupervised. Like I, I, I wouldn't do that as a five-year-old. I would just like sit and let nature take me. Well, um, so the thing that because the thing that it brings up is that over an area that was like combed thoroughly by volunteers. Now, in the Gabby Petito case, and this is doing it. This is still an ongoing investigation, by the way. So. Uh, Gabby Petito's boyfriend, Brian Laundrie, he also went missing and presumably because he had committed, like he had killed her and then mm-hmm. he ran off. Yeah. But then he was also discovered dead, quote unquote. Like he, like his, his, um, what, what believed to be his body parts were found in an area that was already thoroughly combed by police. Mm-hmm. But the narrative was, is that there was flooding 
that hid the body from investigators. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then once the, the water had subsided, that's when they found him. Now, what's interesting to me about the Brian Laundry case is that he was found like in pieces. Yes. So that's kind of weird. So I think when I first read that, I thought, and he was also like his journal was found too. So per, you could make the assumption that he there was a suicide note contained in his journal and then maybe he blew his brains out and then like animals found him and like just, you know, tore him up. I don't know if I believe that though. Yeah, I don't know. That case has been really weirding me out. It's just really unexplainable. And it, you would think that it would be a little bit more cut and dry that, you know. Plot like, twist, it's Bigfoot. <laughs> dude. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Again, <laughs> if, if, I think it's it's not funny. Like, it's a terrible case. But no. I still think that it would be funny if, like, he, if he, okay, let's put it this way. If he did kill his girlfriend, horrible, right? Yeah. So to me, the fact that maybe a guy in a monkey suit fucked him up, that's <laughs> funny. Yeah. Karma. So, I mean, that's just that, that kind of adds the weird factor, too, because they were both pretty big explorers of national parks. Yeah. So it, one thing I find really weird is, um, you know, how we mentioned earlier, how people will go missing seemingly in plain sight. Like they'll be with their families. And then you hear all these stories where like the mom will look away for one minute and then you know, the kid's gone or yeah. something like that. Like it happens so quickly. Which is kind of seems, I want to say maybe like a caricaturized version or like a cliche, a cliche version of disappearances where it's like, I looked away for one second at the jungle gym and he was gone. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's just like the classic parent thing to say. And that to me is just kind of like, I don't know. That just seems too like, I guess cliche. It mm-hmm. just seems it just seems too cliche for you to be like. Oh, for I was looking at like a bird flying through the sky, and the next second I knew my son would just disappear. It's like okay, well, even if the kid like walked off, like how far could he have walked mm-hmm. in like the supposed five ten seconds you weren't looking at him? You know, like how fast do you think kids walk? Honestly, see, I know it does seem sketch, but I have four nephews, and let me just say, like shit just happens like you it, it, it really is true like you look away and especially like young kids like you don't realize like how much damage they can do in such a short amount of time or you know it, even if it does seem sketch it's it is kind of weird though how all um of these or a large portion of these stories have that same origin i looked away and suddenly they were gone yeah so that's it's okay i'm willing to give i know the kids are pretty crafty but the, like, I get what you mean. It is sketch to it, an extent. It just, it just seems sketch that like that like of course the classic like I looked away for one second my kid was gone thing is apparent in this like portion because it just seems like oh like I don't know would you blame the parents like for that? Um, I don't know. Not it depends. Not necessarily because like I said, kids just like they just do that shit. Like I have my I have nephews like I've babysat before and like I swear to God like they just they'll end up in like the weirdest fucking places. Like, how did yeah. you end up in my ceiling? Like, I'm fucking <laughs> <up>. <laughs> like, where did all these drugs come from? <laughs> um, okay. I, will, I think that depending on the hike, I think it'd be pretty interesting if you were like maybe tethered to your group. Mm-hmm. Well, what's also weird is it doesn't just happen with kids though. Like even like, you know, teens or adults or whatever, like we said earlier, there's, you know, a huge uh, population of people that go missing um, it happens to all kinds of people. Like it'll be a friend group of a bunch of 20 year olds and they'll be like, Oh, we were hiking. And then we look behind us and Sarah was gone. Yeah. Like, you know, yeah. that's just how it happens. Okay. 
Yeah, okay. I, I guess I'm willing to give okay, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt a little bit more to like parents then. I, I apologize to parents. I'm sure having a kid is like not the best thing in the world. Yeah. Well, not the best thing in terms of like, you know, like trying to make sure he's not getting into shit. Yeah. But so another strange case um was that of Cullen Fertney, and he was reported missing on May 26, 2013, after he went fishing alone at the Baldwin River in the Manistee National Forest. Now, towering over six feet tall, he was a notable college football player and more than capable of taking care of himself. Now, in the midst of his trip, Fertney called his wife, scared and paranoid, telling her that he was frightened and that someone was following him. Now, family and friends attempted to use the coordinates provided by Fertney's cell phone, but they were given four separate locations that were miles apart. He was eventually found with no shoes, and his clothes were strangely placed on his body as though he were redressed after being stripped naked. Whoa. So that's a little weird. That I think for that, I'm willing to kind of... Uh, for, so for Colin Fertney, I'm going to go with... Uh, as horrible as this is, maybe sexually assaulted. Yeah, but by what is the question? Yeah. Um, Bigfoot. <laughs> I, I, you got to listen. <laughs> so, this, this poor guy. Come on, man. Okay, sorry. To the Fertney family, we apologize. For, I really we, apologize. We, we're, we're sorry for your loss. I, um, yeah. The fact that... Yeah, that's kind of weird too. So, for Colin Fertney, the fact that he was he was presumably rage rest. Yeah, I think I'm gonna go with sexually assaulted. Maybe that's what it sounds like. Because he didn't have shoes on, which you'd have to take shoes off to get pants off, right? So, the, whoever's doing this isn't when you're when you're redressing someone, you're not necessarily gonna put someone's shoes back on too. Mm-hmm. I think that'd be too difficult because like dead weight is as horrible as it sounds. It's hard to work with. Yeah. Like, you know, it's, it's different from like, you know, dressing somebody who's asleep or what have you. So yeah. Yeah. Wait, do you know if he was found alive? No, he was dead. Or, okay. Okay. He was definitely dead. Um, so yeah. Oh, placed on his body. Okay. My bad. Um, yeah, that one, that's also weird. And again, just an unexplainable phenomenon. Like how did he end up? Naked and redressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was, you know, that's another, that's another, you know, strange occurrence. That, like I said, of, of the things that I've read just about the Appalachian Trail, there's like weird, like I've heard stories that there's cannibals live in the woods too. Yes. There's like, there's like cults of cannibals that, live in the, that mm-hmm. live in the woods. So that's one of the theories, right? As to how these people go, dis- like they yeah. disappear is that it, there's cannibals hunting them down. There's, um, I don't, what's the term? Uh, not nomads. Um, I don't want to just say cult. I want to like try to find a word to use for people that live in the woods. Just, I guess the forest people, I guess that's like <laughs> sure. the, the best way I could put it. But, um, to move on to a different case in April, 2017, Jacob gray rode his bicycle during a rainstorm into Washington state Olympic national park and it vanished. The 22 year olds bike and camping gear were discovered near the salt duck river but otherwise, there was no specific trace of him. Several months of search and rescue missions recovered nothing. I find it interesting how the last two that you just talked about, um, they were both alone. Yeah. So that makes you wonder that, like, that would kind of lead me to think that, I don't know, like a cannibal population or something would go after them, seeing that they're alone and vulnerable. Yeah. So um, that that mystery caught the attention of journalist John Billman, who had been investigating missing persons in wild places is the way he put it. And since the late nineties, he writes 
in The Cold Vanish, Seeking the Missing in North America's Wildlands, um, which comes out, I'm sorry, Grand Central. Okay, so he wrote a book called The Cold Vanish, Seeking the Missing in North America's Wildlands. Um, Now, he said that in that book, most disappearances are easy to explain. Hypothermia, falls, avalanches, eaten by mountain lion, etc., but Billman has been long been fascinated by the cases that defy the conventional logic. Just how um, uh, David Politas has been kind of like mm-hmm. the, the book, Missing 411, his book series. So they kind of have like the same mission, I suppose. Um, now he says, quote, defy conventional lo- defying conventional logic, the proverbial vanish without a trace incidents, which happen a lot more and a lot closer to your backyard than most anyone thinks, end quote. Ooh, you think everyone, uh, anyone ever went missing at pets? Not that I've heard. I haven't heard either, but I, I wonder because it's been around forever and it's like the closest, I guess, kind of park around here like that. Yeah. So we have a, um, we have a park where we live called Petrifying Springs. It's like a big, not, it's not big by like state park standards. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, um, it's like one or two, maybe like five square miles no, I don't even think it's that big. Yeah, it's not big at all, no. but there is a lot of trails and stuff. Yeah, but. it's just like a small like county park, I guess you could say, with like um like woodsy trails and like big wide open fields, just stuff like that. Yeah. Cuz that part when he says it's a lot closer to your backyard than almost anyone thinks. That's what made me wonder that. Um I I personally have not I think in 2016 like doing the whole like clown thing. Oh yeah. There were people dressed as clowns harassed people like at Parkside, but I don't I don't think that like anyone went missing missing like that. Not that yeah. I've heard. Um at least not recently. Yeah. So mm. I don't know. Something to look into. I just got curious about that. Now according to Name Us, the National Missing and Unidentified Person System, more than six hundred thousand persons go missing in the United States every year. Anywhere between eighty nine to 92% of those missing people are recovered every year, either alive or deceased. But how many of those disappear in the wild is unclear. Now, neither the Department of the Interior, which oversees the National Park Service, or the Department of Agriculture's U.S. Forest Service keeps track. Now, other strange aspects of these disappearances include the fact that canines who attempt to find the missing persons are unable to follow scent trails, often turning turning up empty-handed as if the person's Physical trace just vanished from the area. Now, rescue dogs are often called immediately after a missing persons report is made and a properly trained canine can pick up the scent that is up to a month old. So it is extremely odd that people who disappear under weird circumstances also seem to leave no discernible scent in their wake. So not to sound like that guy from the History Channel, but aliens. That's where that theory comes in. So we have cannibals and then aliens is a potential other theory that people have and that's like the stories where people just literally disappear out of thin air and there's not a trace of them yeah that's where people start thinking like okay so is it aliens then i'm really kind of opened and we'll get we'll get into some of the theories um towards the end but like i think the only theory that i don't like is bigfoot it's the only one yeah. I don't like. No, it, I agree. Because that it's so that ha- one's just so wacky. Yeah, it, it's just so hacky, and I just, I just, I just anything, any theory that is so, or like any, I guess, uh, phenomenon that is so just milked by the History Channel, I just am not really that inclined to believe it mm-hmm. because it's just they're just such a hacky like organization. Yeah, no, I hear you. 
But I just wanted to introduce that theory. Like, where... Because the other ones, like, like, well, like we just said, it's like, okay, maybe most cases you can you can figure out it's from, you know, weather, hypothermia, whatever, like an animal, something. But, like, these are the ones that, like, are, like, where, like, there's no trace of them. Like, a dog can't even pick them up. Helicopters and people and, like, I don't know, those are the ones that it's, like, it's just an unexplainable something. Yeah. I Like I said, we're going to get into theories more towards the end, but I think that, like I said, the only theory that i really just don't like is like the bigfoot one Mm -hmm. so but likewise some of the missing people will turn up days later in areas that have already been thoroughly searched by rescue teams like omarion humphreys a nine-year-old autistic boy who was found in a lake by the campground he was missing from six days after two separate law enforcement entities had searched the lake several times so like um how would you pronounce his first name omarion omarion yeah omarion omarion humphreys so a nine-year-old autistic boy is found in a lake six days after two separate entities searching mm-hmm. several times. Yeah. And you know they probably search it thoroughly, too, because that would be, like, my first thought is, okay, where's a body of water? Like, did he drown? Yeah. So the fact that, like, he just showed up six days later after they spent, like, probably hours upon days searching. Oh, yeah, six mm-hmm. full days. So, yeah, that one – I think that um, because it's a lake – I think that it might take a little bit more time to find somebody if they drown, depending sure. obviously on like how deep the lake is. But um, I don't know what kind of technology you would have to maybe like, you know, comb through like like dead bodies like that. I don't know, but yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're like going magnet fishing or what you're doing, but um, but yeah. So while these stories are tragic, those who come back alive have even more odd and bone chilling tales to tell. Now, children and those with disabilities, for example, are often the ones that are found after they are deemed missing from a national park and have appeared to experience the bizarre wild lost. For instance, a young boy who disappeared within earshot of his mother was later found alive and safe with a strange story to boot. Now, recently on the true crime side of TikTok, stories about missing people have been on the rise to spread awareness. Out of this genre, a subcategory emerged of people who had gone missing within national parks and have never been found. Now, approximately 52.2 million acres of land are protected by national parks, which leaves a lot of untread territory where anything can happen. Now, many people have their own speculations as to what they believe caused disappearances or what they claim to have experienced themselves. So. So. <laughs> that can- that kind of leads us into some theories. Yeah. So we kind of touched on them, but obviously the first one was cannibals. Um, you know, the belief that there are these like wild people out there, uncivilized people out there that purposefully hunt down um, like vulnerable people there, children, people with disabilities, things like that. Yeah. So that's one theory. Yeah. Then there's also like, of course, you know, the theory of, of course, animals are being like, you know, animals are. They, they get attacked by animals and they're subsequently torn apart and found dead. But I think it's odd that for some of these cases, the fact that they either, they either turn up in areas that were already combed many times or they turn up like way, way far away from where they originally were lost. Yeah. So for, for it to be an animal attack, would they, do you think they would have ventured that far off and then attacked by animals? Because, I don't know. Because then they kind of just, especially with like, what was it? Um, what was that uh, child's name? Hold on. I have to uh, comb through the notes here. 
Um, the one who walked off from his family. Mm. Oh, Gerald Williams. Yeah, yeah. So Gerald Williams was found five or ten miles away. And he was, I think, five years old. So Gerald, Willi- Gerald Williams was found five to ten miles away from where he was originally presumed lost. Yeah. So. Well, I don't know animal behavior. Like, I don't know, like, typical bear and, like, mountain lion behaviors. But I don't know if they, I don't know if an animal would, like, Let's say they kill somebody and then drag their meal miles and miles away. Like but that's an animal, what I'm saying. Yeah, like an animal is going to be hungry. They're probably just going to eat it right whenever they kill it. So there's a couple of different theories that we're going to touch on individually that could be a possible explanation for these people um, disappearing. Um, there's also like a couple. There's also another list of people who disappeared. So I'm kind of I'm going to browse. I'm going to kind of speed run through this list of people that are still missing. Um, to kind of maybe you know something you could write in to kind of see if you have any information because we'd love to know. But yeah, so to kind of go through the list of the um, the most pop, I guess I don't want to see most popular because that sounds wrong, but the most I guess widely known missing mm-hmm. persons. So aside from the ones that we just touched on, there is Joshua Jacobson, who was lost in Badlands National Park on July twelfth, uh, July twelfth, and in September of two thousand fifteen. His okay, so his body was found. Okay, so Joshua Jacobson was lost in Badlands National Park on January 12th in 2015, and then his body was found in September. So he was recovered. That's a long time, though. Yeah. So there was also Morgan Heimer, who disappeared on June 2nd, 2015, in the Grand Canyon, um, that national park that I cannot pronounce. I'm so sorry. So just (laughs) near the Grand Canyon. Um, There is also Michael Dahl who disappeared in Yosemite and on March 23rd, 2015, he was found a couple days later by his, by a family from Santa Rosa, California. He was alive, but badly injured. Hmm. Then we have Drake Kramer who on February, 2015, he, this is a lot of like 2015. I was just thinking what was going on in 2015. Yeah, no kidding. So on February of 2015, Drake Kramer um, he disappeared also near the Grand Canyon, and he was never found. There's also Catherine Truitt, who in January of 2015, um, she disappeared in Port Reyes National Park. Um, let's see. she. It doesn't seem like she was found. Gregory Muck, from he disappeared on August 14th. Or August 2014, um, in Kings Canyon National Park, and he never made it out alive. I think that he was presumed dead, and they, well, they he was presumed dead. I think five days into the investigation, and then one week later, they did end up finding him, his body. Mm. Next, we have Justin Richardson, Aww. who. Yeah, who was 13, and he disappeared on June 29th, 2011. And again, from the uh, he disappeared near the Grand Canyon. Mm. So a lot of these, um, and he they also he's never found either. And let's see. So reportedly, he went to the woods by the McCoy Lodge South to attend a party and per, and procure meth. What? He went with three men, all between the ages of 18 and 21. Shortly thereafter, he disappeared and has not been found or heard from since. Oh, my God. So a 13, 13-year-old boy. Yeah. Holy crap. Then next, we have Stuart Isaac, who was 48 from Maryland, and he disappeared 
from Yellowstone National Park. And last time anyone ever saw him was September 2010. This um, is crazy. Park rangers have only discovered his vehicle, but not Isaac. Damn. Next, we have Samuel Bulkey, who was an eight-year-old with autism uh, from Portland. He disappeared from Crater Lake National Park. Um, he was never found. Mm. Next, we have Bruce Pike, who was a 47-year-old from Wyoming. He disappeared in Yellowstone in August of 2006, and his body was never found either. Next, we have Patrick T. Whalen. He disappeared in November of 2000 in Glacier National Park, and he has not been found. Damn, this list really can go on and on. Oh, yeah, it's crazy. Um, uh, Dikran, uh, I can't, Nod, Nodjian, Nodjian? Dikran Nodjian, I think is how you pronounce it. He disappeared on January 24th, 1972, and he was never found, mm-hmm. and he disappeared in Yosemite National Park. So these stories go back from like decades ago to yeah recently. Yeah. So on June, next we have Dennis Martin, who on June 14th, 1969, he disappeared from the Great Smoky Mountains National Park. He was only six years old and he was never found. Wow. Joseph Halpern, um, who went missing in the Rocky Mountain National Park, and he has never been found. And he went missing in nineteen. He went missing in August fifteenth, fifteenth, nineteen thirty-three. Holy fuck! Yeah, I so, didn't realize the stories went that far. back. Oh yeah, they go pretty far back. In nineteen twenty-eight, Glenn and Bessie Hyde, a newly newlywed couple from Idaho, they went missing in the by the, near the Grand Canyon, and their bodies have also never been found. Next, we have T- uh, Timothy Philpot, who was disappeared from Arcadia National Park in Maine, which I have been to, by the way. It's it, it's really... That place is weird. Really? That place is really weird because people live in the National Park. There's houses in the National Park. Oh, really? Well, not like, like because of laws. They're not physically in the park. Like The right. park is kind of split in half. It's really weird. Huh. So on the island of Bar Harbor, that's where a lot of the National Park is. It's like there's... Like one side of the island is the park, and then like the the terrain is almost still similar. It's still like the whole you could mistake it as the whole thing is the park, mm. but um, there's like people live on the island, kind of in that area. So it's really weird how it's kind of like sectioned off. Interesting. So he went missing in January 2016, and they were unable to find his body. Next, we have Randy Rasco, who disappeared in May 2015 from the Mammoth Cave National Park and uh it doesn't say if he was they were not okay so he in November of 2015 I think is when they, he was presumed dead but they still have never found him now Cody Dial who is from Alaska he went he disappeared in Costa Rica's uh, uh Carvacado National Park in July of 2014 and he's never been found either. Damn. He was part of a, uh, there was a month-long Red Cross search. And there is, there's actually a National Park documentary about him too. Wow. Randy Morganson, who disappeared in Kings King National Park in July of 1996. He was 68 years old and a 
veteran national park national park service he was a, he was a park ranger basically mm-hmm. um in 2001 his body was found he had fallen through a snow drift presumably broke his leg and drowned wow um it feels really sad even if that one's not like as creepy like yeah it's just, just sad the last one on this list is dale styling and he went missing in June 2013 from the Mesa Verde National Park. And his body was never found. Wow. Yeah. Interesting. I, I wonder how many stories there are. Like, I don't think there's, like, we could probably put a number to it. But obviously, this is like a, a fraction of the probably thousands and thousands that there are. So it's like, I don't know. I just I just wonder how many and truly that, have gone missing. And that list has been updated since September 2021. So it's wow. pretty it's pretty current. Yeah. Um I think that might have I'm not sure how long the Gabby Petito and Brian Laundry thing has been going on. I think it's been since the summertime. Mm-hmm. Summer of 2021. Yeah. So it, it did they, that publication was written right around that time. Mm-hmm. Now, I think we should go into I don't know before I read off the list of theories that have been and this is kind of based on the missing 411 book series from David Politis, like what, like kind of the theories that people have come up with based on that book series, what they think, what do you think could be the cause aside from Bigfoot? Of course. Um, now I don't know for sure. Like I really can't say for certain, but one thing I'm really, really leaning towards is cannibals. Like I, I, I don't know. I think that, um, the alien and Bigfoot and like, I don't know, wacky theories like that like yeah they're fun to entertain um but i think it when it comes to plausibility we know that there's cannibal populations out there like it's documented like we're well aware that they're out there we're well aware that they've been there for decades upon decades centuries even um and i also think that some of like these cases that could be you know um chalked up to being animal like killings or whatever some of those makes you wonder well what if those were actually cannibals especially the ones where their remains are found miles and miles away yeah so that's actually a good point you bring up because the cannibals thing i think if it's like a group it's like a a group of people like almost like a cult Mm -hmm. i think that i'm more willing to believe that maybe they were physically taken and then you know uh i don't really want to I don't want to say like take and like have rituals performed on them. Mm-hmm. But I think that the human factor is more plausible in how they would have gotten so far away if they right. were physically taken by like people. And I think that that also would make sense in like some of these stories where someone, like I said, like somebody will look away for a second and then they're gone. Well, if something took them, then that could make sense. But I don't under, but the, the part that I don't understand is like okay, so for Gerald, um, I'm gonna. I don't want to. I don't want to misuse his last name, so I have to. I have to look back and see what his last name was. Gerald Williams. Okay, mm-hmm. so in the case of Gerald Williams, he was also he was found five to ten miles away from what he was presumably considered lost. Mm-hmm. Now, for people to have taken him, why would they drag a body that far? Um, or do you think he was alive? Um, you know, I really don't know, but obviously like, okay, I think that a human as opposed to like an animal or supernatural something would be smart enough to know that they need to take this body or person, whatever, as far away from where they were as like they could. 
Yeah. You know, they would have the intelligence to do that as opposed to something else. It's not really a matter of intelligence. It's a matter of why would you carry the physical burden of carrying a body? I don't know if that's your source of food. I don't know. I'm trying to, I don't know what the fucking, uh, what a fucking cannibal would think, but I can only imagine that if like you hunt people down and do this in a way that like you, where you can't get caught, then I don't know. I think it would make sense to drag the body miles away or what if it, um, you know, that's assuming that this cannibal is like one-on-one, like this one person is hunting down another where, you know, it could be a, like you said, like a cult where it's a group of people. Or the fact that, or, okay, then it, aside from them killing Jared Williams and then taking him like five, ten, five, ten miles, like, you know, where he, what they found him, what I'm willing to believe more based on that. Cause I'm like, why would you, why would you take the, the physical burden of carrying a dead body with you? Mm-hmm. Especially that far. So I want to believe that maybe he was threatened in some way or, kind of forced to like go with them yeah and oh, that then, could make sense too. and then killed later yeah i could i could see that so, i could see either or yeah but or in the case of uh of cullen Furtney, um who you know was the was the college football player um and he was you know he got disappeared and then found dead with his clothes kind of placed on him weirdly after you know he was fishing by himself in the baldwin river so for him I'm willing to go more into the human factor of like I'm willing to believe that he was probably sexually assaulted by something and yes. then then subsequently killed, strangled, whatever, and then redressed. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That would be my theory for that one. Now for Jacob Gray, because he rode his bike into a rainstorm and then he disappeared, that one's I think more of along the lines of because he was never found. Mm-hmm. That one's more lines of like, okay, something paranormal or whatever could have happened yeah the one where like remains are found or the bodies found those ones or like they think it's an animal those ones lead me to think cannibal but the ones where people just seemingly disappear yeah um those ones i definitely think it could be something paranormal yeah so i think we'll go into like the based on the missing 411 book series i think we're going to go into the official um uh, theories behind why this was happening mm-hmm. um so and this is, of course, like this is the, this this theory list. It goes beyond the normal practical theory of like um, animals, what have you, right? Getting lost. Yeah. And then, like this is like more like the weird stuff. The wacky conspiracies and shit. The wacky. So the first theory in this list is government kidnappings. Mm-hmm. I've heard this one before. And that I think is plausible because there. And if you try to research this online, it's gonna you're gonna kind of find. There's really not a whole lot about them, but um, the government kidnappings one is interesting because there are these things called, uh, they're called DUMS, hmm. and DUMS stands for Deep Underground Military Bases. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. And some of these are are presumably below some national parks, mm-hmm. and they're, they're supposedly inactive. They're from like the Cold War and, um, and onward, and since the Cold War, they've been like quote-unquote abandoned. Um, the ones that are, are confirmed to be true, but some of I'm willing to believe more that I think that that's kind of used as a guise for you know people to be kidnapped and then experimented on maybe or things like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe interesting. So that one I think, especially with 
dumbs, I think that is a little bit more plausible because they have um, these bases have like a series of underground tunnels that are the tunnel theory that I've read is yeah, I've been waiting to get into this one. So okay, so there's there's also the theory that kind of ties into this national park disappearance is like that there's a series of underground tunnels that are used by U.S. military personnel mm-hmm. that and they connect certain dumbs together. Yeah. Um, so that's also one theory for why um, there's been like widespread disappearances. Yeah. Um, is- well, the tunnel cave theory is kind of a theory in itself, but it's also one that connects to like kind of all the other ones. So like the cave tunnel theories that there's a bunch of caves and tunnels throughout national parks that most people don't know about. But it's like believed that these are where these unexplainable um, cases like where these people go missing is in these caves. Right. Or tunnels, whatever. Now. Uh, that like I said, there's really not. I mean, I guess none of these theories have really anything. You can't really find too much about them in terms of like if they're true or not. You kind of have to just take it up to your own devices. But the fact that you know you could draw these um interesting and kind of weird conclusions to the, especially the ones that haven't been found. Yeah, the ones that have been found, you can kind of get a more practical explanation for. I right. think. But the ones that have never been found, it's like. Yes, national parks are very big, but at the same time, it's like, how far off the beaten path could you really end up? Yeah. I wonder how far a human could travel by foot um, without any, like, food or water or resources. Like, I I don't know what that number is, but I don't think it could be too, too far. Especially Gerald Williams, who's five. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, holy crap. Or um, uh, what was the other child's name? The 13-year-old. Let me just check real quick. Oh, uh, Justin Richardson, who was, but then again, he was with a group. Yeah. They went to go, like, procure that. That one's sketch. Like, that that almost makes me believe, like, the kid was murdered by these people or something. That's very possible because he was never found. Yeah. But when it comes to the caves, like that, like I said, it's a theory in itself, but it also ties into, like, the government kidnapping theory and cannibals. Like, it's believed that some of these cannibals might live within these caves, and that's where they take their meal back <laughs> yeah so for justin richardson like the 13 year old we just mentioned he i think it, it's been speculated that he broke off from the group and then he met up with his girlfriend in chicago but nothing has been confirmed it was like okay but if you're if you're in the grand canyon as a kid and you've again you've never been found there's you've never been found ever like there's no trace of you mm-hmm. why is the story that he somehow got to chicago like as a 13 year old and right. then like met up with his girlfriend how the fuck did he get to chicago yeah and his girlfriend who presumably is probably around the same age how do you have the resources to do something like that right and if there was like a search party launched from him like you mean to tell me nobody in chicago would notice him yeah and this was in 2011 so yeah. it's like come on well i don't i don't this case that case is weird too mm-hmm now, there's another theory I heard that kind of ties into the caves. So I figured I'd touch on it while we're talking about the caves. And I don't necessarily believe this one. And I want to be careful talking about this one because I think that, like, it could sound kind of wrong. But obviously, you know, I don't mean it like that. But one theory that I've heard that's kind of wacky is that it's believed that um, Native Americans live in these caves and whatnot. And that they, you know, it's been speculated that they... Or taking Basically, revenge? Kind of. They murder okay. people and this and that. I don't know if I believe that one, but it's just something that I read. Um, I don't... I would put that on, on my scale of believability. I would say skeptical. Mm-hmm. 
that that's probably what I would leave it. Just yeah, yeah. I don't know. I that's literally all I read on that one. There was literally nothing else I could find that would. There was no evidence or anything like that, but. It's just one of the theories. So I think I think the government kidnappings one. I think it's a little bit more plausible than Native Americans. Yeah, taking revenge on the white man, <laughs> yeah. like then you know what I mean. So it's yeah, like, I don't see that really I happening. I don't really see that either. But otherwise, like of this theory, I'm gonna I'm I have to say it because it is part of like the widespread theories of why these people are disappearing. Even though I hate it to my core, Bigfoot. That one's just funny to me, like it, just comical. It's it's, I guess in some way it is funny, but the fact the fact that there's people actually devoting resources to like they're 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 devoting resources to the um, narrative that Bigfoot is the one behind these. It's like, come on, bro. How is Bigfoot everywhere simultaneously? Yeah, exactly. It's like or because the other theory is that like Bigfoot is like a species of yeah. beings, I guess you could say. And like the Bigfoot, just the overarching like explanation for it. But no, I hate it. I, yeah. I don't, I hate the theory like to, to my core. I really, I really do. Cause it's so, it, cause there's really nothing. If you look up stuff about Bigfoot, every major piece of what's considered evidence is just so hacky and just so like, um, like the, like the Patterson footage. It's just like, it's just yeah. the kind of, I think it's just, it looks like a dude walking on a monkey suit. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So I think, no, I don't, I don't like that theory at all. Well, if Bigfoot was real, I just have a hard time believing it wouldn't have been truly found by now, considering how explored national parks have been. And with all of these search parties going after all of these missing people, you mean to tell me that like nobody has ever truly found him? Yeah. Otherwise, there's, of course, alien abduction. That's a pretty – and I, I, that theory makes a little bit more sense to me. When you have such a remote area as a lot of national parks – like I think Yellowstone is technically the most like um, – it's pretty big obviously. But mm-hmm. it's like the most commercialized one of them I yeah. think if, you, if that's the right word to use. But there's still a lot of other national parks and like such a wide – Hasn't there been a lot of alien – or? ufo sightings out that way apparently yeah, that's what i was going to get into like the fact you know it's still such a remote area and the fact that there have been ufo sightings in the national parks that one i'm willing to believe yeah the alien abduction thing i'm willing to believe that i'm, I'm going to put more in the practical scale mm-hmm, i agree so if we had like a, a list here so we have cannibals aliens maybe Na- native americans somewhere kind of in the middle-ish and then less believable is bigfoot way over here yeah exactly i would put dude i would put bigfoot on just the bullshit scale yeah i just it's going I off agree. the charts i just i hate that theory it's just so dumb i agree um so a lot of so some of the cases when we um go into alien abductions some of the cases that are featured in the missing 411 book series um some of the people that were recovered uh, people recall the people that recovered being some sort of a daze, unable to recall where they had been or what had happened to them. And those who somehow managed to overcome the hypnotic spell they're under sometimes mention stories very similar to alien abduction. Mm, interesting. So there is some sort of like basis behind it. Yeah. Um, otherwise, like we can go into like some of the more paranormal stuff like uh, – like skinwalkers and things like that. Uh huh. So, which that one is kind of plausible too, just because I mean, we did the whole episode on Skinwalker Ranch and things yeah. like that, and those being common, commonly cited in forests and um, things like that. Yeah. So, like, a, like the old, like all the woodland um, 
like creatures that exist. Of course, that's a, that's like the the classic tale is like unknown and weird creatures live in the woods. Yeah, Wendigos, Skinwalkers, all so, kinds of stuff like so that. So it would only make a shaman. You know, it, yeah. it would only make sense that of course the place that, like like specifically wooded areas are gonna have like disappearances like that. Mm-hmm. At least to me. So. Otherwise, like, yeah, um, another theory is, like, malicious woodland spirits. It's, like, another, like, big theory for this. Um, Now, there is one paranormal phenomenon that's often associated with Missing 411 is panic in the woods. Now, this phenomenon is characterized by an unnatural stillness in woodland areas, an unexplained sense of fear, and a feeling of being preyed on by an invisible creature. Now, the feeling is that one has been, that the one that's been reported for millennia is the primal uh, reminder of what it's like to be away from society Mm. so like interesting yeah so kind of like being away like on your own like in the woods or something yeah yeah that's like where like this this panic comes in or whatever that's interesting is that an actual like um i think it's i think it's an actual there's some like there's studies and stuff on it yeah there's a psych- psychological basis behind it. Like Interesting. People kind of go into like a state of panic when they like, like how the name entails. When you've been like closed out from society, especially if you've lived your life that way. And then you just, you know, go off in the middle of the woods for too long. Yeah. Um, that could make sense. It's like a little, you're like kind of delirious almost. Or um, a vortex to a parallel universe. Okay. What if basically there's a bunch of these like vortexes around the world like the one is in the um hoyabeshu forest yep one is in i don't know these parks yeah like there's just like a couple locations throughout the world and if you jump in one you'll pop out at another maybe they're all in the back rooms holy fuck all the people that weren't tying all of our episodes together now maybe yeah maybe they're all the like i think maybe all the people that disappeared on flight 370 from malaysia airlines maybe maybe all those people are in the back rooms you know what that makes sense i'd buy it Plane was never found. Mm-hmm. I'd buy it. Same with other planes that have disappeared and stuff like that. They're all in the back rooms. They all just the- glitched out of here. Yep. They're, they uh, they said sayonara. <laughs> so um, otherwise, looking at the kind of the theory list here, there's, there's folk wisdom is one, which is kind of weird. So people have warned others against venturing into the woods for as long as humanity has been alive. Every culture has its own unique sub- superstitions Dealing with protecting oneself from unseen forces in nature, perhaps there may have been more truth to these beliefs than previously thought. That that's kind of like the, the subheading for like this 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 trail of theories. Hmm. Um, so some of these theories just don't really make sense. Well, some of these are just like causes, not really even theories. Like yeah. that one that says dazed and confused. We're looking at a computer right now. Yeah, we're looking at kind of the list of theories that are from the 411 kind of not like subgroup. Um, let's see. Timing is one of them. Like many older people, her grandmother said that staying in the woods at night was a stupid idea. But that wasn't all she said. She was also warned people to stay away from the wilderness during the blue hour, an hour of twilight when the setting sun casts everything in a slightly bluish light. Okay, so th- these are kind of like the theories, behind, like the um, like the old wives' tale kind of theories. Mm. Um, yeah. So otherwise, I think we touched on most of like the main ones. There's probably a bunch of other smaller ones that we haven't heard. If anybody has, 
write in and let us know because we'd right. love to read about them. We'd love to read about them because it's super, super interesting. And even kind of scouring Reddit, the, the theories kind of overlap. Yeah. So. Yeah. Either way, though, really interesting. I, I think that the the aliens and cannibals are my two favorite. Like, I don't know. Those are my top favorite theories about this. Yeah. Oh, so with that, what, what would be your closing your closing statement? Let's kind of touch on the people that have been found and the people that have not been found and kind of your theories for both. Um, I, I, you know, I'm still going cannibals and I think that they live in these caves and stuff like that. And they like take these because because, OK, I forgot to mention this earlier, but if you look at like a map of the national parks in the United States and a map of all of the discovered caves and tunnels, they pretty much overlap. Like yeah. they're almost the same map. So I definitely could believe and and most of them are unexplored. Like we know that they're there, but people haven't gone, you know, into these caves actually. So I could totally believe that there's all these like little secret um societies of cannibals living in these caves that come out and you know, prey on people. Okay. And that that would be for is that your explanation for both people? I that, think so, because some okay. people might like you know, I can see where some people end up like miles and miles away by cannibals, but I can also see if they just drag a body into an unexplored cave. Well, that could make sense too. I don't even want to specifically say cannibals because I mean, like, um, I would just like like some sort of cult, like yeah, yeah, um, commune, whatever you want to call it. Right. Um, I would say for Cullen, the case of Cullen Furtney. If you want to call that isolated, maybe he was just assaulted. Mm-hmm. Um, but then again, he went alone, so re- nobody can really nobody can really say. Right. Like, well, that would also make sense if it was a human element too, though. Like some human, yeah. you know. But if he or- was, but yeah, well, that that's exactly my point. So if he was alone, that that could have been anything in the realm of like the human aspect. Yeah. Um. I would say for the people that have not been found, um, I'm going to go with obviously national parks are pretty big and a lot of them are like as much as like the, like the park service knows of like the um, surroundings. I think there's enough to kind of I think it's a combination of all things. Yeah, I don't rule out aliens either. No, I don't think I don't think it's any one thing. I yeah, think that's have, true. You have to take it by case by case basis. I think the, the national parks are just a hot spot for just weird things to happen yeah I so agree. i think it's a combination of all those things the only one i will say is i think it's complete bullshit is bigfoot i agree yeah that's the that's the one where i'm like okay just fucking no but yeah. the rest i definitely could i could totally see yeah so i'm gonna go with i think closing statement i think it's a combination of some sort of paranormal paranormal vortex um in combination with maybe there's an alien element to it to government kidnappings. I think it's just a hot spot for all those things. Yeah, I agree. So. Closing remarks, do not ever go to a national park alone. But even if you do go alone, people still get kidnapped in the middle of daylight too. Look I mean, true. Gerald Williams. Yeah. So. Well, try not to go alone if you're going to go. Try not to go alone. <laughs> and if you're going to go, how about, um, I would say for advice, if you're going to go to a national park and like, I don't mean like for a day. I mean like if you're going to go like hiking for like a long period of time, like a couple days, maybe a week or two tether yourself to the other members of your group yeah i would do that yeah i agree i think so um yeah all right well thanks for listening i want to say thank you for to everyone for listening if you like what you heard consider rating us and writing a review on apple podcasts we really really appreciate it 
And if you have anything about any stories about the weird, unexplained, um, any sort of mysteries, make sure you write in. I will put the contact in the description of this episode, and we will see you in the next one. Bye. Strange reality.